At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. For number two of the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network, and We've got a tremendous hour for you as Jason Weingarten, he does great work here at the network. He's going to be joining me. We're going to take a look at some futures with him. If I recall from a conversation I had with him about a week or two ago, he was talking about betting a lot of spring training games. So we're going to dive into that a little bit more, see what sort of angles he's got, why he enjoys betting on spring training games so much more, because I'm sort of the opposite. I dive into the MLB season during the regular season. When it comes to spring training, I'm more just watching these games, trying to gather a little bit of information for what I'm going to be betting on during the regular season. But we're going to be diving into that topic with him and so much more. So we're going to have some fun there. We're going to be looking to stay hot with these college basketball DK Nation picks. I mean, it was a sweat that we certainly did not want in Baylor versus Oklahoma State, but 142 and a half. Stays under by the hook, so that takes it to 12-2 and two in the last 14. We're going to be hitting upon that in a second, but first things first, we've got to give all sorts of credit to the men behind the scenes that do an absolutely tremendous job here on the Greg Peterson Experience because without them, there would be no Greg Peterson Experience. There would be no guests without Jason Kahn, who does absolutely amazing work as my producer, taking a look at everything and making sure that I stay online for one, which 
And it's not an easy job. I am a man that jumps a little bit all over the place and does a great job of booking all these guests. Everything that you're seeing in terms of YouTube TV, VEASAN.com, graphics-wise on the screen, that is courtesy of our good friend Dakota. who does great work there. I call him the everyday Ray King of VEASAN. I am someone that used to love the Milwaukee Brewers and we would have someone by the name of Ray King, who I've actually interviewed in the past. Very nice guy, very insightful baseball mind, but he would pitch like darn near every single game for the Milwaukee Brewers. And it feels like our man that is on the ones and twos tonight, my, my audio engineer, Nick is sort of that. He just, he puts, he puts forth his best effort every single time. We've seen him as our technical director. Now he's on audio tonight. So for those of you guys listening on sports map radio, what have you, he's pinching in there and he's doing a great job. And we've also got every single hour of not just this show, but every show, whether it be some of our newer shows, whether it be some of the tried and true favorites, like follow the money, you're able to go down the list. That is courtesy of our good friend, Sean, that posts up every single hour at visa.com slash podcast. Or if you're taking a look on whatever podcast feed you like, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on. The VEASAN Best Best feed. And if you miss anything from today's show in terms of picks, VEASAN.com slash picks for all of mine, for all of our guest picks as well. So we got you guys covered there. Now let's dive into this DK Nation write-up that we're going to be having in the Big Ten. 621-622 on the betting board. It is Iowa. They hit the road. They're facing off against Indiana. Indiana is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And your total on this game, we're finding it anywhere between... 155 and 155 and a half. It is one that opened up at 156 and a half. So we've already seen a little bit of a drop, but still like it at this slightly diminished number. My write-up is going to be on the under. And Iowa has the most demonstrative home and road splits I have found of any team in all of college basketball, which is really saying something. You take a look at this Iowa team, and they have scored at least 75 points in every single one of their home games this season. In their past four road games, they have failed to break 68 points in all four of them. I mean, it's just absolutely wild what we are taking a look at. This is an Iowa team that is averaging 24.4 points fewer per 100 possessions when they leave home. I mean, it's just insane. And now they're having to try to bounce back after they had that just thrilling overtime win against Michigan State. If you had Iowa on Saturday, hopefully you were very, very kind to whoever was waiting on you at a restaurant, something like that, because that's a cash that you did not deserve. And I raised my hand. I did not deserve to get there on Iowa, to say the least. That was a double-digit comeback that we saw in the final 90 seconds. Those are the ones where you take it, you feel very, very happy about it. You don't apologize because it's hard to find winners. But at the same time, anyone that might have been on the other side, you treat them with some respect and you don't rub it in because that was one that if you were on the other side of, you'd be feeling very, very salty about that. And that's just a little bit of etiquette as well. If you're on the right side of one of those things, like if you had Iowa, that is not the time to rub it in against someone with Michigan State. Have some class when you get those really, really good wins. The good karma is going to come around back at you and you don't want to be hearing it from someone else when you're on the wrong end of a moose like that. But 
That said, we move on with this Indiana team. They've also been much better with their defense at home rather than in a road-slash-intracourt environment. Overall for the year, Indiana, 71st of the country in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, but they've been able to hold up with their defense recently. They have given up 70 points or fewer in six out of their last seven home games, and they're giving up 14 points fewer per one hundred possessions when they're at home rather than in a road-slash-intracourt environment. And what I find to be most fascinating about these home and road splits that you've got with both of these teams, the Iowa three-point shooting. Iowa is shooting at home 39.3% from three-point range. That's not like the top mark in all of college basketball, but that's a really good mark. When they're in a road-slash-shoot-record environment, Iowa is shooting 26.2% from three. Here are the teams that shoot worse from three-point range away from home. Florida, Georgia State, and St. Peter's. That's the end of the list. They're the fourth worst three-point shooting team in all of college basketball when they're away from home. Meanwhile, when they're at home, they're a top 40 team. So, yeah, that's a big split right there. And for Indiana, they're going to be able to force them to take a lot of shots from the outside because they've got Trace Jackson Davis. He has been able to supply the team with nearly 20 points. His 11 rebounds are sixth in the country in all of college basketball. His blocks per game is sixth in the country in all of college basketball with nearly 2.9. He has been terrific. You've also got Jalen Ochefino. I don't think that he's going to be able to duplicate the north of 30 that he got against Purdue. And that's a little bit of an angle as well because Indiana really did a good job with their offense against Purdue. You've got to wonder how much you're going to be up for this game now as well. So both of these teams in a little bit of a tricky spot in this ordeal with their offenses, in my opinion. But He's been able to do some nice work. I know that Wes Reynolds, who preludes me along with Matt Humans, a little bit of a newer show here on the network, as I know that they're taking a look at all things live betting before myself. I know that he was mentioning that Xavier Johnson not going to be in the fold. And no surprise there, Xavier Johnson has been missing the last like 15 games for this Indiana team. So nothing new there. Meanwhile, for Iowa, you do have Phil Bradshaw along with Chris Murray. They both do a solid job of combining about 16 rebounds per game. Murray's able to give you 20 points per contest. And with Iowa, scores number one through seven. All if you take a look at their home and their road numbers, so all can all together, they all shoot between 31 and a half and 33 and a half percent from three. Nothing more, nothing less. You got the modicum of consistency. All these guys shoot it well from three at home. All these guys stick it up on the road. And I'm counting on that to be the case once again. It is an Iowa team that because they aren't able to knock down their three-pointers when they're away from home, it does cause them to throttle down as well as Iowa is currently playing at a rate of about four and a half possessions fewer when they are away from home. Meanwhile, you've got an Indiana team that first time around, they lost to Iowa by kind of 91 to 89. They blew a 21-point lead in that game as well. So Iowa, well, they've been on the right end of a lot of runs as far this season, to say the least. But with that game, you did see a lot of made threes from Iowa in that game as well. And Indiana, ever since that game, they have played at a rate of about six and a half possessions per game fewer as well. They went from being in the top 75 in terms of total possessions per game down to about 175th. So my write-up here is going to be on the under in this spot. I set Indiana as a six-point favorite as well. Five and a half is a max I'm willing to lay, but I'm going to be willing to lay the number, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under. That's what the write-up is going to be based around. How about if we take a look at a team that 
I do like in a little bit more of a favorite spot as well, and I do like them to be able to stifle with their defense. This is 609-610 on the betting board. St. Louis hits the road faceoff against VCU. VCU between a 6 to a 6.5 point favorite, and your total on this game is between 142.5 and 143. With VCU, set them as a 7-point favorite. So, want to lay the 6 with VCU. They have been very dominant with their defense. They're a top 15 team in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. And last time these two teams played, it was 73 to 65. And I just have a tough time foreseeing anything different happening in this game. St. Louis a little bit above average in terms of their tempo, but this is not a team that's going to be going out there playing with their hair on fire or anything like that. And VCU is a team that is very mid-tempo themselves, right around 176th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Now, Yuri Collins has done a nice job being able to dole out the ball, leads the country in terms of assists per game, but he hasn't gotten a lot of help from his friends. Gibson Jimerson, great name. He's been able to shoot about 39.5% from three, 14.5 points per game, but you were expecting a whole heck of a lot more out of the guys named Jay, Javante Perkins, along with Javon Pickett, which... I get those guys confused because their names are very similar, but they combine for about 20 and a half points per game. They haven't necessarily shot it well from three-point range. Francis Okoro is the only guy on the roster that really gives you north of five rebounds per game. And for VCU, they're unlike a lot of these teams that we find that generate a bunch of turnovers. You'll notice it with teams like Steve Duffoss and Abilene Christian. If they don't get that steal, typically they allow for a very wide open shot. VCU anything but that. And they do a good job of being able to hit the glass. As you got Brandon Johns giving you five rebounds per game. Jaden Deloach as we will give you seven and a half boards per game. And then that's something like a Jaden Nunn was able to shoot it well from three-part range. But let's call it what it is. The ace in the hole, his name is Ace. Ace Baldwin. He had 34 points the last time these two teams met. I don't think that he's going to quite be able to duplicate that. But as shot in the mid-30s from three-part range, he's done a solid job chipping in there two and a half assist, or two and a half steals, nearly five and a half assists. 12 and a half points per game. I like his overall game. I think that he's going to go toe-to-toe with Yuri Collins. I think VCU does a better job of protecting the ball. I do think that they get their defensive style. So my total 139 diving under, and I'm willing to take VCU in this spot. And coming up next, got to talk a little bit of baseball, and we've got to talk some futures with Jason Weingarten, who does great work here at the network. He joins me next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VCU, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving on every single game? The VSN betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so that way you're able to see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well, as betting splits are another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VSIN.com. As we are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And it's always great to be joined by this man. Jason Weingarten does great work here at the network. I know that he, much like myself, being set for what is going to be a very rambunctious baseball season and does a great job of taking a look at the futures market and darn near every sport as well. And Jason, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. How's it going? Uh, nice to be here, Greg. It's great to be on with you. And Jason, if I recall, I don't know if you said it a week or two ago, but something that you really enjoy is betting on a lot of these spring training, a lot of these exhibition games. Have you been doing a lot of that thus far this year? And what have you been noticing in the first few days of the MLB spring training season? I've only bet a couple games so far, um, just because I, I tend to slowly ease into most sports, uh, baseball being no exception. So the first couple days, you know, I <clears throat> not going crazy. Today I actually went zero and two, so never fun to start the week in a hole like that. But uh, fortunately, it was only two games. You can uh, dig out of a two-game hole pretty quickly and pretty easily. 
So uh, really the one thing I've noticed, I think, is probably the same thing everybody's noticed, and that's uh, the game lengths are much shorter, and I'm very appreciative of that. I think uh, it might take the players a little bit uh, longer to get used to, but nobody's going to be upset about shorter baseball games. No question about it. I do think that that was something that was a little bit of a gripe. And as this changeover happens, I know that a lot of it is going to be happening during spring training. I think we both agree it's probably going to be taking just during the season. And it's probably going to linger throughout the entirety of the season that it's going to be affecting guys. But do you feel like this affects the pitchers more or the batters more? Because I've been almost feeling like it's almost been hurting the batters a little bit more just because they do have a little bit less time to get set and needs to have their eyes on the pitcher within eight seconds. I don't think so much of a hitters versus pitchers sort of issue as I do veterans versus younger players. I think it's going to affect veterans a lot more, especially to start the season. <clears throat> you know, younger players who've come up through double A AA and triple A have already been exposed <clears throat> to the pitch clock, the, the larger bases. A lot of the rule changes already took effect at the triple A level last year. So younger players are getting a much longer runway of exposure to these changes. Um, I think the idea is that these older players will eventually just retire and, you know, you'll phase them out. So I'm going to look more at veteran players as a group, as opposed to pitchers versus hitters. I, I think, you know, you'll see guys kind of adapt quicker, but uh, veterans are going to be the guys that are going to have the most problems because their whole lives they've, they've never encountered this. And do you feel like this is a big enough change where you might be changing your handicap on some of these teams, a team that is going to be going with a little bit of a younger roster? Do you think that you're going to be giving them a little bit more credence than, say, a team as full of a bunch of grizzled veterans like the L.A. Dodgers? No, I don't particularly handicap like that. Um, there might be a couple couple game sort of lag in in the data in the inputs, you know, um, catching, catching up to changes. But once the data is there, you know, then it's all just inputting it into different models and, you know, it, it, it's whatever spits out. It's not me, you know, particularly liking one team or one, you know, because a roster is younger or older. Um, I don't, I don't look at stuff like that. And, you know, most of the time. Yep, and I do think that it's going to be just interesting to take a look at this moving forward because we've got a very small sample size right now as well. So I certainly do think that I'm going to need to see a little bit more from these teams and these players to really draw a lot of conclusions myself. And I know that you were mentioning the fact that you do take a look at some of these spring training games. What do you look to bet when it comes to a lot of these spring training games? Because I do think that it is a little bit different than an MLB game because we're going to be finding a lot more guys during spring training. They are going to be looking to find their footing a little bit more. There are going to be guys, especially pitchers, that are trying out different pitches where in obviously a regular season game, you're going to be finding much less of that. Yeah. One of the nice things about spring training is they tell you beforehand the pitchers that are basically going to be available for the game. There's really no surprises. And if you follow the beat writers, you know, you know, these are the five or six guys we're going to get the work in. And you can kind of keep track, you know, if a guy's pitching today, he's probably going to pitch, you know, five games from now or five or six days from now. And everyone starts getting on a schedule. So um, all the data is really out there and, you know, 
you know, guys are going to get two at bats or right now, maybe they'll even just go one time through the order and get replaced. And eventually then it'll be two times and then they'll start playing, you know, almost the full games by the end of spring training. So um, you're always looking at the lineups and who's starting and, you know, what prospects are going to be in the lineup. You're going to get a chance to see some, some players early, like Jordan Walker. I'm pretty excited to get to watch him get regular at bats, but uh, really it's just, kind of keeping up with the the lineups and the the projected pitchers and you know keeping an eye on who's who's in the lineup on the road a lot of times veterans aren't going to play especially on road trips in Florida um there's some differences between Florida and uh Arizona as well the the cactus league and the grapefruit league as they they call them so um you got to kind of understand in Arizona, the, the, the teams play relatively close to each other. Whereas in Florida, you know, you have longer road trips. Sometimes you won't see players playing on, on the road necessarily if it's a slightly longer trip. Um, but it's all sorts of just little things like that, that, that you can find edges in. Um, the lines do move pretty quick though on these things. So, uh, beware, you might be playing with late info. Yeah, but we've seen that quite a bit. Like the Philadelphia Phillies versus Pittsburgh Pirates game. That was one where the Phillies opened up more around a minus 130. Heck, where I sit at Circa, that actually closed as a pick I know that some places had the Phillies still as a very slight favorite. And you saw the Atlanta Braves go from minus 130 to north of minus $2. So I do think that that is very important there. And when it comes to betting on spring training versus the regular season, obviously the information that is something that you get a lot more of during spring training, but is it a little bit difficult when you do identify some of these guys that they're clearly trying out something a little bit different. And there are some teams that you can tell that they're just trying to empty out the bench, because I do think that that's the biggest difference that you are going to be finding in the spring training games. Yeah. Um, I mean, you say difference. I, I, I consider that an advantage, um, you know, knowing which way certain certain games are going to go or you know what what backups are available or not can can be pretty advantageous in in spring training so you know i i like i've mentioned i i love spring training i wish spring training was longer um there's so many different ways to approach these games uh you mentioned these these huge line moves by the way if if you're if you see something move like a dollar you know blindly betting the 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 other side on on a huge move probably going to make money during spring training if if you're paying attention to the line moves you know anytime you get something over two to one that opened you know close to pick them is probably gonna gonna win in the long run but um you know spring training just so many different ways to attack the games it's it's fun it's it's one of my favorite times of year especially because the games are early in the morning on the west coast and get all my work done early Absolutely. And something else I've been finding with a lot of these spring training games, a lot of them have been higher scoring. Have you been noticing this as well with regards to the first few days of spring training this year? I I haven't only because I I haven't paid a ton of attention outside of my, my few bets and, you know, the highlights that everyone sees. So give it a couple more days before you really start to, to make, you know, sort of, start worrying about the, the directionality of, of overs and unders. Um, it could be noise, could be a whole bunch of reasons. Wouldn't surprise me though. If, if the pitch clock and everything, the goal is to generate more offense and make the game more exciting. So 
if we see scoring go up a little bit, it wouldn't surprise me. That's sort of the goal of these rule changes. And do be mindful that if you're taking a look at some of these spring training totals as well, we saw a lot of this during the MLB season last year where you had your totals of like six and a half, seven, seven and a half. You're not going to be really finding any of those when it comes to spring training. As a matter of fact, I'm taking a look at what we all got on the board for Monday. And there was two totals that were below nine. So that is a big giant changeover that you're going to need to make there. And Jason is a man that is always adapting and he's always trying to find some money with regards to so many different markets. I know that he does a great job of taking a look at a lot of futures as well. So coming up next right here on the great Jason experience, we're going to be diving into just what Jason all has in his futures portfolio right here on the great Jason experience on Visa, the sports bank network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. In addition to the new shows added to the VSIN lineup, VSIN is kicking off some new podcasts to give every better the insights, tools, and confidence to make smart betting decisions. VSIN continues to expand its catalog of popular sports betting podcasts to cover every corner of the sports betting menu, no matter what sports you like, how experienced you are, you'll find a podcast that is perfect for you, like the VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast, which has some of the best college hoops analysts around, breaking down the betting lines, odds, and totals. Host Tim Murray hosts three episodes a week with contributions from the one and only Matt Humans and the one and only Adam Burke, the VEASAN Hockey Betting Podcast. That features Sandy Burke, an NHL analyst, and Andy McNeil. They're covering all things hockey twice each week. They're all free and available now at vsa.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. As it is the Greg Peterson experience here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And it is great to be joined by Jason Weingarten. He does amazing work here at the network. And Jason, I know you've got an article that's going to be up within the next 24 or so hours on vsa.com involving one of your features in the MLB. Take me through it and take me through what made you to decide on this man for rookie of the year. Yeah, you know, uh, we're just getting into March. It's to the end of February. So uh, starting to ramp up the baseball and, uh, you know, everyone always wants to know who's, who's your guy this year. Who, who do you like? You know, you had Julio Rodriguez last year, Otani or whatever, Michael Harris. They just want to know who's the next guy. Who's, who's your next guy. Um, I think I'm ready to, to declare my next guy is Jordan Walker. Um, not, not going to make it official yet because you know, it's not, not even March 1st. So you could only get so much hype before, uh, before the calendar turns over to March, but, uh, Jordan Walker, he's, he's the real deal. Seen him, uh, seen him a couple times in spring training already. Um, I do happen to watch a lot of the, uh, the Cardinals spring training games. It just, just so happens. They, they tend to be one of my spring training teams. I think that we've got Jason breaking up just a little bit. We will connect with him in a second, but he was talking about Jordan Walker. We'll get a little bit more on him in a second, but very interesting. He's a part of that St. Louis Cardinals organization. And for those that know baseball, they know that the St. Louis Cardinals do an absolutely amazing job of being able to build these guys up. He has been a guy that has been a fast riser 
with regards to the just minor leagues in general someone that has some good power he's really a five tool guy so i do think that it's going to be really interesting to take a look at him and he's someone that stands right around six foot five as well so and some really good size there and i do think that just taking a look at the futures market is always so intriguing with a lot of these guys going into the season as well there's a lot of season win totals that are out there in baseball we were talking about this with andrew Kaylee in our number one and Personally, with myself in Major League Baseball, obviously, my big thing right now is college basketball, but just trying to be able to take some inventory and taking a look at what guys are starting to ascend and what teams are a little bit more tried and true. And Jason, we were talking about it with your future of Mr. Walker to be able to win Rookie of the Year. How much of the decision to be able to place it on Jordan Walker right now is just based on the track record of the St. Louis Cardinals and the way that they have developed so many players in the past. Well, you know, uh, being being a Cardinal always helps in, in these markets, especially when, you know, the rest of their division is not necessarily on the same level as they are. But uh, for me, it, it really comes down to, you know, you're really handicapping the playing time for the rookie of the year race, because we've seen so many, so many guys, you know, going back to, to Wander Franco, who I'm adamant should have won the rookie of the year, his, his rookie year, you know, you, you just don't get enough at bats. You don't get enough games. So making the roster out of spring training is such a big deal. You know, Adley Rutschman comes to mind as another guy last year who probably would have made a much more serious run had he had more at bats. Um, so Jordan Walker, I think, you know, he's, he's shown already that he, he deserves to be on the opening day roster and it, you know, in the opening day starting lineup for the Cardinals. And I think at the end of the season, if he does make the opening day roster and stays healthy, you know, like we saw with Julio Rodriguez, those, those at bats and in March and April end up making all the, the advantage at the end. I do think that that's something so important that you point out because there have been so many guys with regards to that rookie of the year race that they end up to have really good seasons, but just even with a few weeks, a month miss, that does turn out to be the difference maker because even if you don't necessarily have the world's greatest month of April, just being able to get those at bats, being able to get even a few home runs if you're a hitter, getting that one or two wins if you're a pitcher, that does mean so much. And are there a few other guys that you've been identifying here in spring training? Obviously, it's very early that you do think that as a rookie, they have a chance to perhaps be on the opening day roster and be able to be there day number one. So far, there there aren't very many, you know, guys who have, who have popped up that, that aren't expected. You know, Miguel Vargas on the Dodgers, Corbin Carroll, Gunnar Henderson, guys like that all all are under 10 to 1 or in most cases under 5 to 1 for rookie of the year. So no secrets there, but it does look like, you know, that there's a, a good crop of rookies this year who are likely to start in the majors you know, headlined by the guys I just mentioned and likely Jordan Walker, who I've, I've bet on. And, you know, I see seven and a half to one is kind of the prevailing number out there. I wouldn't be surprised if that number gets cut in half before the end of spring training. Um, he, he's the real deal. He's, he's six, six, like two forty five. He, he hits very powerful home runs and it's just a matter of time until he's much more well-known nationally. Yep. I do agree with you there. And, I remember the last time we chatted, I know that you had taken 
a few looks at Cy Young Award. I think that you were taking a look at some Astros guys with regards to the American League Cy Young side. Have you decided on the Sandy Alcantara future that I know that you were talking about a little bit before because I know that you're taking a little bit of a look at him for Cy Young. Right now I'm seeing him as really the short shot in a lot of places to be able to win Cy Young. And is he a guy that you decide to settle on? Yeah, I love him. Um, I was not on him last year when uh, when a lot of people were at big numbers. I ended up getting him a little bit later. I saw Circa actually opened him up at 10-1. to 1. I wish I had uh, been a little more proactive and had been able to grab that 10. I see he's down to 8-1 to 1 now. Still, that's probably the best number in the market. I, I'm not diving too deep down in the... Uh, the Cy Young market, I think uh, I think this is a pretty top-heavy race, especially with National League with Alcantara Al and uh, Burns and Aaron Nola and Scherzer and Verlander. You know, take your pick. It's probably coming from somebody from that top tier. But uh, until until uh, till Sandy kind of takes a step back, I think he's uh, he's kind of the guy, and I'm happy to take some some eight to one here. I think that's. Still a pretty reasonable number this this late and they're this early in spring training. And I want to get your thoughts on this as well because I know that Max Scherzer he is in a lot of places right around about eight or so to one. At what point do you think we're going to begin to see a fall off with Max Scherzer because he does have that bulldog mentality as a guy that is going to take the ball every fifth day if he can possibly pitch he's going to be able to pitch but as we know he's getting up there in years. Do you fear that this year might be that fall off year for him? No, um, I, I don't. I, I can't predict when guys fall off. When they do fall off, they fall off pretty quickly. Um, you know, I, I'd imagine a guy like Scherzer. You know, he's not going to stick around and be the kind of guy who who pitches poorly for money. Um, when he's when he when he doesn't have it, he'll he'll know and he'll tell you. So um, until until he tells you he doesn't have it, you know, I think he he's earned the benefit of the doubt from me. Absolutely. And Jason, we've got about 90 seconds. Anything else that you fired in on, whether that be in the MOB market or anything else that you might be taking a look at? You know, I saw Circa um, posted their, their futures markets, the MVP and the Cy Young. And I, I like their numbers because they, they kind of tend to, to set the market and give, give an idea of, of what, you know, where the the, the, the money should be or, or where it's at. And one thing I was surprised is they opened O'Neill Cruz 30 to one to win the MVP. I'm, I'm shocked. He's so low. Um, you know, it just, just kind of shows how much of a freak he is and how capable he is of being a 40, 40 type player. But, you know, is it really possible that O'Neill Cruz is going to be an MVP candidate on a 65 win Pittsburgh pirate team? I mean, he has the same odds at Circa as Paul Goldschmidt, the the reigning MVP. So um, that actually makes me like Goldschmidt as a as a bet at thirty to one. But um, repeat MVPs are pretty hard. So um, you know it's it's nice to see a competitive market out there in the National League, and Circa is kind of leading the way with with a pretty competitive field. Although I have no idea why uh, Fernando Tatis is ten to one. I just can't wrap my head around that number. 
Yeah, we have not seen Fernando Tatis in quite a while, but Jason, week in and week out, you join this show. You always do great work, and Jason, just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to baseball and so much more. Always great to get Jason Weingarten aboard, and coming in next, let's take a look at some SEC college basketball for Tuesday on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. 
With the Arnold Palmer Open and UFC 285 this weekend, head on over to Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has you covered with every line, odd, and boost. For all the golf fans out there, Bet Rivers is a place to be to place a bet on the Arnold Palmer Open with top 10 insurance. Place your bet pre tournament and Bet on an outright winner, and the fun does not stop there. As BetRivers has you covered for UFC 285 with parlay insurance and so much more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today as it's a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to get Jason Weingarten aboard. Take a look at the futures market. Get set for the baseball season. And something that we've got to get set for is a good day of college basketball on Tuesday. We're going to be getting a little bit of everything as... We've got some conference tournament action that's going down in college basketball with the Atlantic Sun, the Patriot League going down. We've got some power conference games out in the Big Ten. We've got some Big East action. List goes on and on. And I've got my attention on the SEC as well as I do think that there's going to be some very interesting games that are going to be going down out here, including the Florida Georgia line. For those of you guys who are country music fans, well, you have a bet on the Florida Georgia line now. Not the country music band, but the actual teams, the Florida Gators and the Georgia Bulldogs. 623-624 on the betting board. Florida is a two-point road favor. And your total on this game is in between 143.5 and 144.5. And I'm taking Georgia in the spot outright. This Florida team just is not themselves without Colin Castleton in the fold. I think that you've got to completely scrap all the numbers that you've got in Florida this year. I mean... We've just seen it with this Florida team. In three games without Colin Castleton, they've allowed north of 80 points in all three of them. They are not the same team on defense, and they're not even a good three-point shooting team. They're shooting as a collective about 32% from three-point range. Now, they've been able to get a little bit of a boost recently from some of the guys that have been able to step in. Alex, hopefully I'm saying it correctly, Smotrich, the gentleman that comes in from Germany. I am sure that I butchered that last name. I do apologize to our good friend Alex, the freshman that has been able to give the team some production. He's been able to fill in admirably. Riley Kugel has been able to do a nice job as well. He's given the team double figures in the three games that they've been without Colin Castleton, but no offense or what's about it. This team is not looking too terrific without him now. They are going up against a Georgia team that they don't have a lot of rebounding themselves. Matthew Moncrief is really the only guy that gives you a north of five rebounds per game. They lost Kyron Lewis due to the transfer portal very early on, but this is a Georgia team that they do a solid job of guarding the three-point arc. And it certainly went up in recent games. They've been allowing a lot more threes, but overall this season at home, they're allowing opponents to shoot 31.2% from three with Florida not having anything down low with Colin Castleton. Now out of the fold, that certainly does place them behind the eight ball. And both of these teams are now struggling quite a bit more with their defense. Florida just recently giving up the 80-plus points in the last three games. Meanwhile, you've got a Georgia team that is about 205th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But you want to be taking a look at the home and road splits in the SEC as well. While they're critical in the Big Ten, they're also big in the SEC. We've seen a lot of these teams be sort of like Georgia, who's allowing... 19.8 points fewer per one hour possessions when they're at home rather than when they are in a roadside slash court environment. And I do think that this is going to be the sort of matchup that does take Florida sort of out of sorts. I did as a result set Georgia as a one and a half point favorite. I'm going to be one to take Georgia in this ordeal outright on the money line. Did set my total 143 and a half. Georgia is a team that I have to uh, gauge very differently when they're at home rather than in a roadside church court environment. And I do think that that Colin Castleton injury, a pretty big killer 
for the Florida Gators. So I'm going to be willing to take Georgia outright on the money line, and I'm going to be willing to take a look at this total under as well. Also out there in the SEC, got an interesting one between Arkansas and Tennessee, 637-638 on the board. Tennessee is a six-and-a-half point favorite. They open up as a seven-point favorite. This has went down to a six-and-a-half, and your total on this game is 134. And now we're starting to get to my buy point on Tennessee. I'm going to see how low we can go on this one, but I did set Tennessee as a seven-point favorite. Tennessee has been the number one team in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but I'm actually going to be taking a look at the over in this spot, and that's because of someone that's been out of sight, out of mind for much of the year for Arkansas, Nick Smith, that has come back and has looked rock solid for the team. He buried five threes in the game against Georgia a few days ago, and Arkansas became the first team in the SEC to score north of 70 points on Alabama in their game over the weekend. Now, things got a little bit harebrained with late game fouling in that one. And it goes to show you that when Arkansas is down in games, they are very, very willing to foul. And that's something that you want to take note of as well. Because if you do think that this is going to be a game that is landing right around 6-7, somewhere in that neighborhood, that means that you're going to be getting a march of the free throw line late in games. You're going to be getting a lot of late game fouling. And it's a valuable piece of information. And that is part of the reason why I do like this little over. I did set my total at 137. And trust me, Arkansas, not drop liver with regards to their defense as well. This team ranks sixteenth of the country in terms of points allowed on a number of possession basis. But in, remember when I was talking about those home and road splits with Georgia? Well, you've got pretty much the exact opposite in this case with Arkansas because when they hit the road, they give up 16.4 points more per one hundred possessions than they do at home. And this is a Tennessee team that does a good job of being able to rebound by committee. They get back Josiah Jordan James, and it's just an ultimate stat you'd suffer. Nine points, five boards, a block, a steal. It just does a little bit of everything for the team along with Olivier Kamwa. Kamwa, someone that's six, six foot nine. He's been able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range. I do like his overall game. And then you've got Sakai Ziegler, who has been able to do a good job of helping out Tennessee with regards to the turnovers. Tennessee has been turning the ball over right around 12 times for contests. So that I do think is important to take note of with Tennessee. They're a team that they play a relatively slow, controlled pace, 268th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. But also with Nick Smith back in the fold these last three games because he has been off and on injured all season long, has really been able to take off these last three games. What I've noticed is Arkansas is playing quite a bit more faster, and the numbers bear that out. They've been averaging about 4.5 to 4.25 more possessions per game in these last three contests with Nick Smith back in the fold. And I do think that Arkansas is going to be looking to get back more to their roots. Not necessarily a great three-point shooting team. They're still shooting below 32% as a collective, but they're quite a bit more respectable with Nick Smith out there. And that just gives them a little bit more of an added dimension that you do have to go up against. And plus with Tennessee, they do a good job of rebounding by committee. It's not like they've got some monster down low that's given them like 20 rebounds or anything like that. We've got a Tennessee team that does not have a single player that gives you north of six rebounds per game. So a lot these teams are very similar to one another. I do think that Arkansas going to make this, I wouldn't call it a nip and tuck game, but a relatively competitive game. What we saw against Alabama, I think that we're probably going to be seeing something similar to that as well. I do think that Arkansas is going to be looking to push a little bit more tempo in this game. So I did set my total 137. I'm going to be willing to go over in this spot. And with Tennessee, six and a half or less, that is going to be my buy point on them. 
and we barely got my buy point on this SEC team as well. An SEC team has been relatively good this season as well. 639, 640 on the betting board. Texas A&M, the old egg. He set the road to face off against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a underdog of five points with your total between 135 and a half and 136. With Texas A&M, I did make them a five and a half point favorite. And it's a little bit tricky to go on the road, but this is a very intriguing spot for Ole Miss because Ole Miss can their coach and Kermit Davis just before their game on Saturday. And with Kermit Davis out of the fold, they were able to get a win. They scored 81 points against LSU. The big key is they were going up against LSU in that game. It has not been terrific to say the least. And for Kermit Davis, it was pretty much a mutual parting of ways. And here's a little bit of a tidbit. We'll give this 10 seconds of run because the interim coach for Ole Miss might have the best name of a coach I've ever seen. Win Case. The, the name is Win Case. Just like it, it spells how it sounds. Win Case. So I thought that that was very intriguing to say the least. So he's trying to make a case for being able to make this team a winner. I don't think that they're going to be able to do so because with Ole Miss, what I noticed from them in the offseason is that they brought in a lot of guys that at their previous stops, they were sort of double-double machines like a Theo Akwuba at Louisiana, he was chipping in their eight rebounds per game. Josh Umbala two years ago at Buffalo. He was able to give the team a double-double. Javius McInnes, a 10-rebound per game guy. These three guys have all had four rebounds or fewer this year. Just a bunch of wasted low-post presence, and they shoot 29.5% from three-point range. I have no idea what Ole Miss was trying to run all season long. Their defense wasn't good. Their offense was completely disjointed. I mean, not great to say the least. Now, they were able to take off in that game against LSU. Amari Abraham was able to shoot some threes. But, I mean, this is an Ole Miss team that you got to figure they can't deviate too much from what they were doing towards the beginning part of the season because now we're at the back half of it and you've got guys that are just trying to showcase themselves either to come back next year or they're going to decide, you know what, I'm going to be hitting the transfer portal. Perhaps I'm going to be going pro and something else. And for Texas A&M, this team has been very good at being able to generate turnovers. They're a team that has been terrific with their defense here in SEC play. They do a nice job of being able to rebound by committee, and I do think that they're going to be able to hold down Ole Miss in this spot. I did something total 134 and a half, diving under, and willing to lay up to five with Texas A&M. So you've got some SEC action in, but you've got to be taking a look at what, in my opinion, is the best conference in all of college basketball coming up next, the Big 12. That is on the flip side on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.